Welcome to episode 35 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Nathan, today is the last episode of our series on fundraising strategies. I have to say, this series has been so helpful to me in our work with, uh, with our nonprofit. And it was great having Christina Edwards from Splendid Consulting with us last episode to talk about fundraising online. I think we even got a bit of marketing advice as well. Yeah, we did. We kind of got a two for one there, didn't we? Uh, but Christina, is, is she is smart and she is really, really, really good at what she does. She's, uh, it, was, it was a great episode. Well, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the one before, the episode before on fundraising online, you need to go back and listen to it. So we've taken considerable time to explore these fundraising strategies. We've actually gone through six of them. In your mind, Nathan, why why have we taken so much time to, to focus on this area? Well, you know, t- there's six strategies that we talked about. And uh, just go through the list quick. Direct mail, events planned giving, major gifts, grants, and online giving. And those are the six that we chose to talk about. <clears throat> there's more strategies than that. There's, there's probably another five, 10 that are pretty common, but, but those six were the, were the most common. And I think the reason we spend so much time on this, Tim, revenue flow is such an important component of your nonprofit. And if you don't have sufficient cash flow, then you can't do the mission that you were designed to do. It just, and I know that, I don't know, maybe it sounds like we harp on it too much uh, on this podcast, but it just, if you don't have revenue, Tim, you can't do mission. It's just that simple. Why don't we start by just kind of um, highlighting some thoughts from what we've talked about over the past few weeks. Yeah. So you know, the, these are the six strategies that, that we talked about. And I, you have to know that strategies is where you start. It's not where you end. So each strategy has one, two, three, four tactics that go behind that support that strategy. So you start with the strategy and then you go into tactics. So a tactic would be on a uh, major gift strategy. A tactic would be okay, we're going to spend money this year to buy a a standalone fundraising uh, platform or a a database. So that's that's a tactic for this year. So that would be an example of a tactic. And actually, Tim, that's probably another series is fundraising tactics to go along with the fundraising strategies. Um, You're always thinking there. I know, always thinking ahead there. So anyway, so just know that you don't end with strategies. You begin with strategies and you've got to have tactics underneath those. All right. So that's one. Two, I think there's there's no in fundraising for your organization. There is no silver bullet or secret sauce. There isn't one single strategy that's a one size fits all. It just it doesn't work that way. And so part of your job as the executive director is you have to decide what the best strategy is for your organization and then give it a shot and and do your best with that. And it depending on the size of your organization, maybe it's it's one strategy, maybe it's a strategy. If um maybe it's two, maybe it's three. Uh usually if you're if you're looking at four different strategies, you're you're a larger organization 
you know, you've got staff support behind you. So if you're an organization that's under 300,000, usually one to two really well executed strategies is going to be enough. Um, but that's a, that's a general statement, Tim. Uh, the, the, the more strategies you get, the more complicated it gets and the more staffing that you need or the more volunteer support you need to do that. So as we've gone through this, we've talked about, Hey, do 15 minutes here, do half hour here or whatever. And the more strategies that you add, the more time it's going to require for you to do that among all the other things that you're doing. So, right. Right. In it, on a, you know, a couple of them sound like a really good idea. Yeah. Cause the executive director, we all know you've got uh, a, a lot more than just this that you're trying to, to accomplish. And so um, I think in my experience, fewer strategies, but going deeper in those strategies, doing better at, at fewer things usually produces a bigger result than doing more things, not as deeply. Another thing is there is, is there a perfect fundraising mix or, or a perfect strategy for your organization that's going to turbocharge it? So we know that there is, um, that there's no single silver bullet, but is there one strategy that is better suited than another for you? And the answer is yes, there, there probably is, but we don't always, you don't always know what that is. Um, and sometimes uh, fundraising, a lot of times is not intuitive. What you think is, would be the best strategy for your organization may or may not be. And so what you have to do is you have to make your best guess and then implement it, execute on it. And then over time, over one, two, three years, you use incremental changes to try and grow it and expand it and to generate more uh, revenue for the organization. But sometimes, you know, you, you, I don't think you could say, okay, based on the, based on my knowledge and the facts that I have, this, this one way is the way that we're going to go forward and it's going to solve all of our problems. You know, maybe it will, but you don't always know that Tim, it's, it's not a, this is not a, a perfect scenario. So you make your best guess, you implement it and you move forward and you, you try to make it better as you go. And the, the best thing I can recommend is you just do it. Well, we, we talked a lot, even with Christina last episode and, and throughout this, the idea of trying something, keep working at it. As you just said, it, it takes a while. We understand though, the pressure uh, we won't deny the pressure of, hey, I got to have resources to be able to carry out this mission. So sometimes it's really hard to uh, to, to just keep at it if you don't feel like it's working. But you, you have to just judge that. I mean, you were talking before we went on air, Nathan, about even I think this week you've decided not to not to continue a strategy that you were working on. Yeah, we, um, you know, like all organizations back in late 2019, uh, early, well, you know, early 2020, of course, when things started shutting down with COVID, you know, everybody had to, had to pivot and had to rethink how they were doing their fundraising. Uh, but we started, uh, we started a new strategy in the, uh, winter of 2019, uh, that fourth quarter and geared it up, uh, got it planned out, ready to go, implemented it in 2020. Uh, and it, you know, it did fit. It, it, it was an online thing that we tried. Uh, even before we, even before being shut down, um, 
and it was a flop. It just, it didn't work. Uh, it should have worked. It was a great idea. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, it was my idea. So I don't know if that's what made it such a great idea or not. Uh, it should have worked and, and it didn't. And so coming into the end of 2020, going into 2021, it was, we were redoing the, the, our plan for that year. It's like, okay, that didn't work. So we made a couple of changes in, in some of the tactics that we were going to do and, and thought that, okay, you know, we missed it this year. Now we're going to really hit it for the next year. And 2021, it flopped again. Uh, it just didn't do what it should have. And so we made the decision, um, you know, we talked through it and we thought we were going to do it again this year. And it, it's a fourth quarter, a third quarter uh, thing. So we had a little bit more time to do a little bit more planning and we finally decided, yeah, it's just the, the time and energy that it's going to take to do it is going to be better spent in one of our other uh, strategies. And so we killed it and we're not going to do it this year. Yeah. Two years is usually a little, in my opinion, maybe a little short, um, especially if it's, uh, if it's an event of some type. Um, it just, it just takes, well, almost all fundraising strategy, it just takes time to build. Uh, and so two years is a little short, but, um, I just, I, I just had this gut feeling it wasn't going to go. And so we, we decided to do something else or the thought process we went through is, do we see our donors doing this? You know, is it, is it us, uh, forcing something onto our, our existing donors or is it something that organically came up and that we saw that, hey, our donors like to do this, our donors respond in this way? Um, and it, it actually was us trying to force something onto them that they just obviously weren't going to respond to. And I think that was that was a big piece of us pulling the plug is when we really thought through and said, you know what, this isn't this doesn't really fit who our donors are. Uh, and in the end, it was a simple decision for us once we kind of thought it through that lens. Well, as we wrap up this series, we thought it would be kind of fun to put out a scenario um, and then begin to try to apply some of the things that we've been talking about. So I've put together a little scenario that I'm going to present to Nathan. And it's not, it's, the actions are not just the fundraising strategies, but sometimes there are things you have to do so that the fundraising strategies will work. Maybe reorganize your time or do some things. So I'm going to present a scenario and then Nathan's going to give us a few, a few steps or a few actions that he would encourage me to take that might be applicable to your situation right now. So Nathan, you ready to jump into this? All right. Hit me. I'm ready to roll. All right. So here's a scenario. I am the executive director of a small nonprofit focused on addressing the issue of food deserts in the low-income areas of our city, something that a lot of cities around the U.S. and particularly right now are really struggling with. The organization is about two years old, and I'm the first executive director. I have a part-time bookkeeper and around 10 volunteers or so. And I have an active board of five people from the community that are serving on that board. So we're looking to lease some small properties for community gardens. We are going to initiate some farmer's markets into those areas. And we want to work to attract some small grocery stores into these areas. Right now, we're under 50K in revenue but we'd like to reach 100K 
so we could lease a few plots and bring on a part-time marketing person. So how would we respond? What strategies, what actions do I need to take to help us begin to move from a 50K to 100K over a period of time? Well, first of all, um, as, as I read this and I see this, it's like, oh my gosh, that is like, you know, it's not the exact scenario, but it is 95% of the scenario that I have talked to. I, I can't tell you dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of people uh, over the last 20 years of, of organizations. Maybe that they're not doing this exactly, but you know, the, the size that they're at, the number of volunteers they have, the board they have, they have a part-time uh, uh, bookkeeper. That is that's so common. And so if you're, uh, if you're listening and this fits you, uh, Tim, uh, Tim, I don't, I don't know if he like actually knew you were listening or not, but there's, this is just, this is dead on Tim and uh, it's a great, great scenario. It's all right. So I've got five things that I would do, uh, right off the bat. If I was trying to go from 50 to a hundred thousand, I've got 10 volunteers. Uh, I've got five board members that are active. Um, so here's, here's what I did. First is I would recruit one of my volunteers, one of the 10 volunteers. Maybe it's a board member. So technically, if you're including the board member, there's 15 volunteers. I'm probably not one of the board members because I've got other things I want them to do, but it could be a board member. But I would recruit one of the 10 to serve as the lead volunteer. So, you know, maybe it's not the official title, but it's the action that they start to take. And so, what that lead volunteer does is they start taking over all of the programmers, much of the program as you can possibly get. Um, the one of the biggest detriments, or one of the biggest roadblocks to fundraising from an executive director standpoint, is you've got so many other things that are pulling your attention, that are vying for your attention. And at the end of the day, you know, you start at eight o'clock in the morning or seven 30 in the morning or seven or whenever. And all of a sudden it's five 36 o'clock at night. And you haven't done one fundraising uh, thing because you've got all of this other stuff that, that you've had to do. And then Monday turns into Tuesday, turns into Wednesday, turns into Thursday, turns into next week, turns into next month. And you haven't done anything for fundraising. Um, so I would, I would, first thing I would do is find one of your volunteers, or if you don't have the right person, go find one that you can delegate a significant amount of the operation side of the equation to that person to free you up, to spend time doing fundraising, marketing, uh, you know, connecting with people, networking, et cetera. So that'd be number one. Number two is I would ask each of my board members to introduce me to one person just one person in the next month. Um, it, now that person doesn't have to be a major donor prospect, although it'd be fabulous if they if they were. You know, we'll take it if they are. Uh, but I, what I'm looking for is I'm looking to increase our footprint. I, I'm looking to increase the number of people who know about us and who care about us. And just because somebody does has never heard of you before, it doesn't mean that they don't care about what you're doing. It just means that they've they don't know about you. So, it, and you're 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 not asking your board members to at this point to to make a fundraising ask. That's not what we're doing. You're just asking them to personally introduce you and maybe even go with you to go have coffee or have lunch or you know to to connect with these five people. And then what I hope that the board members do 
And they'll do it with a little bit of encouragement for me that all of a sudden that becomes one a month where each month my board members are introducing me to one person, you know, a colleague, a family member, a neighbor, somebody um, that they can, that will help us increase our footprint. All right. So that way you're getting the board involved. They're, they're seeing that this is easy. This is fun. Uh, and then as we, as we get them used to doing that, then we slowly involve them in fundraising down the road. All right. So that's two, three. Um, you have got to be a hyper champion of your organization. Everyone, you know, um, or come into contact with is going to hear the story of this amazing organization and the amazing impact that we're making in the community. Now, I'm not asking you to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, running around with like a chicken with your head cut off and, and, you know, I, I don't want you to be the person that when people see you coming down the street, they turn and go the other way. Cause they're just sick of hearing about it. I'm not saying that, but you know, I don't know if you ever saw Tim, the, the movie, the greatest showman. Uh, oh, you did not. Okay. Yeah. So it's about Barnum and Bailey. It's about PT Barnum and Hugh Jackman played uh, PT Barnum Barnum. And that guy marketed and championed all the time. Uh, now maybe he's not the, the, the best now that I think about, it, maybe he's not the best example because he was a little on the sleazy side too, but he was just, he was constantly marketing his vision for what, what his circus would be. Um, so it, it's just an example. So if you, you've got to be a marketer, you've got to be out constantly every day, sharing the story with everybody who will listen to you. Can I just say, Nathan, that yeah. also may include, as we talked about last episode, that may include maybe putting some stories on social media too. Again, oh. you may not be the greatest social media user, but if you have a Facebook, you could even just once in a while, once a week, once a couple of times a week or whatever, kind of put something out that you're excited yep. about, about the organization. Yeah. Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever it is. And, you know, posting pictures of, you know, your volunteers working or, uh, yeah, there's absolutely any anything you could do to away, raise awareness, uh, increasing that footprint uh, is what you're educating people about what you're doing is that is all good stuff. Um, the next thing I would do, I would start building and I know this is a little old fashioned, but I would start building an email list today. Everyone, you know, of course, you have to ask for permission, uh, but everybody, you know, get on that email list. And then I would start sending out monthly updates of what's happening to that email list. And, you know, this is a, it's a even though it's email, it's still, uh, it, to me, that falls under the direct mail category, um, communicating with your donors, communicating with your, with your tribe, with the people that are following you. And we're, we're not going to, you're not going to make a fundraising ask every email that you send out but you you want them your organization to be in the forefront of their mind when they're thinking philanthropy when they're thinking nonprofit you know you've been communicating with them on a regular basis so they're thinking about you and then you know maybe once a quarter once every 6 months then as part of that email you have a specific ask for something um so that start that email list and 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 be very aggressive on building that email list. And then the, the fifth thing, uh, and I, this, this is, this is, this is major gifts here is I would make a list of 10 people 
who have the capacity to make a $5,000 gift, then gather your courage and reach out to them. Now, how do you know if they can make a $5,000 gift? Well, you know, you probably don't, but I would, you know, what I want you to do is think, think up the food chain, up the donor food chain. Um, and think of people, it, it is, it, it, it is way, way, way easier, Tim, to get one $5,000 check than it is to get five $1,000 checks. Because with the $5,000 check, you only need one yes. With the $1,000 checks, you need five yeses. So in order to, to, to kickstart this from 50 to 100, then you've got, to, you've got to find people that can write checks that will get you there. And so 10 people that you think can write a $5,000 uh, check. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to give it to you. It just means they have the capacity to do that. Then you start to cultivate, you reach out to them, try to get to them, uh, you know, get introduced to them. If you don't already know them, uh, ask your board members if they can help network to them. Um, and then you start the cultivation process. So that's, that would be from a major gift perspective. That's I'd make your list of 10 and then over the next year, you know, do everything you can to get in front of those 10 people. So let me just highlight it really quick. Five steps to go from 50,000 to 100,000. First of all, find a maybe recruit a volunteer that's going to take on the operation side that frees you up to do more marketing and fundraising. Get with your board, get them to introduce you, everyone, to get them to introduce you one person a month just to be able to share a little story. Become a hyper champion of the organization every chance you get, whether it's social media, in person, whatever. You're telling the story of the organization and what you're doing. Start building an email list and start communicating that way as well on a regular basis. And go after 10 people for $5,000 a shot. That sounds pretty good. Not, so, not easy, but right, simple. Right. Easy does not equate to uh, simple. Right. So we got, we've got what we've got major gifts there. We've got uh, direct mail. I'm including direct mail, the email in direct mail uh, and then uh, online. Cause if you're, if you're communicating with people on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you know, once, twice a year, you could do a fundraising, uh, a fundraising push around that, around that group. So, so that would be three, three of the six strategies right there. So Nathan, as we finish, maybe one takeaway, what's your last kind of parting shot in fundraising strategies? The last thing I want you to know, and I've said it before, but this is your, your fundraising plan is your fundraising plan. It's not anybody else's fundraising plan. And just because something works for the organization down the street or across town, that does not mean it's going to work for you. So you have to figure out what your strategy is, one or two or three, whatever it is, stick to that, grow it over time, incremental, incremental uh, improvement, but pick your own strategy and then stick to it. Well, thank you for listening to these episodes. We hope they've been helpful to you and, and uh, spurred you on as you think about the fundraising aspect of your nonprofit. If you'd like to talk to Nathan more about this, maybe some things have been shared and you'd like to to uh, discuss it, or you have an idea or a scenario that you'd like to put out there, 
you can contact him or or me at nonprofitleader.online. That's nonprofitleader.online. Leave us a message or you can send an email to Nathan or to myself. Our emails are in the show notes. We'd love to dialogue with you to work through some scenarios to think about what's going on with your nonprofit. And if we could just ask a favor as we wrap up today, we'd love for you to leave a review of our podcast on the platform on which you listen. That helps us get the podcast out there and get other nonprofit leaders uh, listening to the podcast and, and being a benefit to them as well. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.